Welcome to a very special BRFCS podcast. Tonight we are shamelessly ripping off the format familiar to Saturday morning listeners of Five Live. In the absence of actual football to discuss, we're presenting for your consideration our very own... Rovers Fighting Talk. I shall be in the role of Colin Murray, keeping score if not order, and introducing the Rams. Now, for this to work, we needed a top-class panel of witty, erudite, well-informed individuals. Then, in the absence of any such high-calibre guests, instead, we'll have to make do with these four. That's fighting talk right there, folks. First up, he's Mr. BRFCS. He's the glue that holds it all together. Somehow he finds the emotional energy to support not only Blackburn Rovers, but also Internazionale of Milan, or the Nerazzurri if you prefer. He goes by the moniker of Northern Rover on Twitter, but to us, he's simply Cammy. Cammy, how are you this evening? Hi Ian, you all good? I'm good, you good? Lockdown treating you well? Yeah, not having to catch a 5am in the morning train has been like heaven for me marvellous marvellous great to hear you thanks for joining us tonight and I look forward to hearing your contributions momentarily next up another BRFCS backroom boy he keeps the site up he polices the forum he sorts out the admin and professionally he makes movies for a living tonight he's venturing into the world of comedy and all light entertainment or so we hope it's Josh Boswell Josh how are you? I'm well, thank you, Ian. And as a football kit fanatic that I know you are, I am wearing what I consider to be the 2019-20 kit of the year, and that is the Dortmund Blackout kit. The shadow kit. Oh, fantastic. That comes across really well in audio format as well, so for all you listeners, it's black on black. (laughs) If we manage to get this out on YouTube, then that will work really, really well, but we shall see. Thanks, Josh, and welcome to Rovers Fighting Talk. Our third guest is the BRFCS techie. What he doesn't know about servers and VPNs isn't worth knowing. He's a big fan of Elon Musk, Tesla and SpaceX. And of course, Rovers. He's Stuart Grimshaw. Stuart, how do we find you this evening? Very good, Ian. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. And finally... A podcast stalwart, and not just of this one. He has a blog, he has a social conscience. He impersonates Tony Mowbray at will. He's the Marple Leaf, he is of course Michael Taylor. Michael, how are you? Well, I'm a bit frustrated to be honest, Ian. It's been a really long lockdown. (laughs) I'm so pleased that Tony's been able to join us, and I hope he pops up at regular intervals over the next hour or so. He he does does live in my heart, and, uh, and I'm wearing my Dublin Irish Rovers top. And again, that works really well in the audio format, so I hope to goodness we can get this on YouTube without them uh, <laughs> cancelling us because of our, uh, our inauspicious use of licensed music. Anyhow, we shall see. So we will be following the format of the BBC show. They say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, we're going to give that a test, shall we? Let's go to round one. So round one on this special Rovers fighting talk. Here we go then with question number one. Times are hard, even for the ultra-rich. So if football is to do its bit, 
which current player should be sold and to bail out which billionaire? And I'm going to come first to Stuart for an answer. I'm not sure which billionaire we're going to bail out, but the footballer, I think, is Derek Williams. And I'm not talking about selling him for his value as a footballer. I think we'd get more if we sold him for his tattoo. Because have you seen the price of printering nowadays? I think we should just sell him as a work of art. <laughs> That's a great answer. That's really, really terrific stuff. So Derek Williams. And which billionaire, though? I mean, they're all in so much need of the cash. So I think we should just share it out equally amongst them all. That's very egalitarian. No more than I'd expect of you. Cammy, which footballer should be sold to bail out which billionaire? So I'm going with my other footballing love, Inter Milan. He's a former Inter Milan player. He's Mauro Icardi. Uh, and he's to bail out Mike Ashley. Who's, I know he's getting a lot of Saudi money coming <laughs> soon. But uh, both are influenced by money and both are uh, controlled by people who I don't like. That's very good of you, I think, to consider the uh, the poor, downtrodden Mr. Ashley in these uh, these very terrible times. After what he's done to House of Fraser, then he needs every penny to help him bail himself out. Josh, who would you sell and who would you bail out? Okay, so in in the spirit of lockdown, I'm going to sell a trio of footballers. I'm going to sell Moise Keane, Jack Grealish <laughs> and Kyle Walker in a treble sale. Uh, they're all going to go and play in the Alaskan Premier League. Um now, I don't think anybody that loses a billion deserves bailing out. So with that money, I'm instead going to create a former giants investment fund where uh, all former European giants, Palmer, Fiorentina, Hertha Berlin, all get a percentage of those funds to spend immediately on their squad. Fantastic. Innovative, if nothing else. Bit disappointed you didn't consider Blackburn Rovers to be a former European giant. I mean, we did beat Rosenborg once. Yeah, one thing we weren't good at is Europe. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Terrific answer. Very good. And last in this round, but by no means least, Michael. Times are hard for the ultra-rich, so who who benefits from your largesse? Well, I'm going I'm to answer the question the other way around. I'm going to start with the billionaire in this country that needs bailing out that's been on the news this week and that's Tim Martin of Weatherspoons <laughs> Captain Gammon himself and in order to raise as much money as possible so that the nation can once more open its doors to those palaces of absolute vomit I'm going to suggest that we re-sign Anthony Stokes and Chris Brown so we can get the maximum amount of money possible to bail out Spoons it's a terrific answer, but it's, it doesn't really answer the question. It's a terrific answer to a question I hadn't posed, where I paraphrased <laughs> my great Bradley Duck sentiment. So you want to you want to spend money buying players? No, no. We would rehire them for no money and then resell them immediately I see. in order to bail out. And all the proceeds that we'd get from selling Anthony Stokes and Chris Brown, we could use to fill the coffers of Weatherspoons because that's how much they deserve it. Lovely. Thank you very much, chaps. That's your uh, that's your round one. Very good stuff. Right, at the end of that round, by the way, I'm saying that Josh has scored five points, Cammy has scored three, Michael has scored three, and Stuart has scored three. Let's move on now to round two. Okay, question two. Now, we've all seen the videos of the rich and famous in lockdown, and some Rovers players even have shared their insights. So which Rovers player would you least like to spend lockdown with, and why? And first of all, this time, I'm going to come to Cammy. Much as I love him for his on-the-field uh, antics, his off-the-field antics are, are absolutely horrendous if you follow him on Instagram. It's Bradley Duck uh-huh. and his partner. Um, I oh, Just following them on Instagram and looking at uh, to what they get up to, uh, it would be hell for me. So, Bradley Duck. Have you seen the video of him kicking the ball against the wall, though? He looks, uh, he looks like he's been working on building up his thighs. The question is, how has he been building up his thighs? Exactly. Josh? It looks to me like he wants to get out of the house, which would lend itself to Cammy's point. 
Yeah, is the um, down as his in-laws? I think Michael didn't you send him a note on Twitter that sort of said I thought I thought you lived in a city centre flat. Am I am I remembering that right? Yeah, I heard that he was living in in a well. I, I know for a fact he lives in the centre of Manchester, but apparently they've decamped to Liv's parents, which will be in like so can be down south. Can it? Do you know what, Cammy? You've stolen that. You've stolen that from me. I had I had all those key lines worked out. Well, this That's is you've got you've got to improvise in this game. This is fighting talk. Fantastic. Right, let's come to Josh then. So, uh, which Rovers player would you least like to spend lockdown with, and why? I'm going to go with Harry, dear Harry Chapman. <laughs> I think, uh, unfortunately, by the end of a lockdown with Harry Chapman, you'd have a very sore head from banging your head against the wall, just trying to make him realise just how frustrating he he can possibly be. I mean, he doesn't even have to be that good at this point. All he has to do is a couple of meaningless runs down the wing, which he's very good at naturally, beats a few. It doesn't even matter if he keeps the ball. Just get rid of the ball. Everyone's going to love it. Everyone wants him to do so well. Everyone wants him to be a superstar. All he has to do is turn up in training. There is a groundswell of opinion there, but don't you think then that lockdown might be good for him though in stopping him with his extracurricular activities? Well, no, because it, it, all he seems to do is play on his Xbox regardless. I mean, I can just imagine him on his Xbox while I'm pounding my head against the wall saying, do you realise he could be a really good footballer? I think at this point we feel duty-bound to come to Mr Mowbray and ask him why that Harry Chapman hasn't been selected more often. I don't know about you. Well, he's a good lad. Trey's really hard. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for him. He's from a good family, from Middlesbrough. But, you know, a lad's got a lot of growing up to do. I can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. Thanks, Tony. It's great of you to keep popping in like that. So, Michael, um, which Rovers player and I think you've already hinted at who it might be, would you least like to like to spend time in lockdown with? Well, I really wanted to go with, with Ducky because I think Ducky and Liv would be an absolute nightmare to live, even if it was in a massive Essex mansion. But no, I think the most frustrating time that you could possibly have with a current member of the Rovers squad in lockdown would be with Richie Smallwood. He'd get up every morning <laughs> and he'd come down and you'd think, why's the back wall been knocked down? Why's the garage been raised to the ground? He'd be around everywhere trying to do different jobs. He wants to go in goal. He wants to play in midfield. He wants to play at centre-half. He'd be like that at home. He'd be doing different jobs. He'd have dismantled a washing machine to try and get rid of that rattle in there. Now, I think poor old Richie. And he doubled up by the fact that he's not been playing in the first team. Oh, my. I think uh, Richie Small would be, would be horrendous. Fantastic. Excellent answer, sir. Thank you very much for that. And last but by no means least, Stuart, then. Follow that. Um, I'm sorry, guys, but you're all wrong. The answer to any which footballer would you least like to question is always Robbie Savage. Can you imagine what his wife is going through right now? His forced outrage over the state of the back lawn, shouting at the in-laws over Zoom calls to answer the latest quiz and finishing off with some vague story about how insecure he is, hoping that Freddie's still on Skype to soothe his ego. No, it's Robbie Savage. You're all wrong. Uh, I've got, got to go with you there on that one, Stuart. <laughs> I think the more I think about it, I think, uh, yes. The, the, the... It'd be an absolute nightmare. It'd be bad enough just sharing a studio with him for an hour. Could you imagine um, putting him and Chris Sutton in the same room? Just, you know, just imagine that lockdown started and you happened to be in the same place as both of those. That would be just be horrendous. I'm going to have to give you a hallelujah for that, Stuart. I think that was uh, that was top draw, <laughs> top draw stuff. What I will say, though, Grimshaw. What I will say: Have you ever been on Radio Five? Answer the question: Yes or no. Have you <laughs> ever have done it on. professionally? I have been on Radio. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> there, there's a man desperately trying to get extra points, and do you know what? It works. <laughs> Okay, thanks everyone for that. Let's check the scores on the doors then. So after round two, Josh, you have seven points. Cammy, you have five points. Michael, you have eight points. And Stuart, you have six points. So well done, everybody. Excellent stuff there. So welcome back to Blackburn Rovers Fighting Talk. It's question three now. And with football in empty stadiums likely to be the only possible way for football to restart in lockdown, what would be the most appropriate half-time entertainment in the ground? 
Josh, I'm going to come to you first of all on this one, please. Yeah, so when I saw this, I didn't read the last three words, which is in the ground, but I'm going to roll <laughs> with my answer regardless. And that <laughs> just, is, just, just uh, bluff it out, bluff it out. Totally bluff it out. I think it'd be totally fantastic if when all teams arrived at a stadium, they took all communications off that team. Everyone had party to it. Nobody has any, any way to speak to the outside world. And then pre-match and at half-time, on the live stream to all the fans at home, they could listen in to the pre-match team talk that the opposition were giving and the same at half-time. So you'd be sat at home and you would know that right back is being targeted and you'd have nowhere to communicate that to your own team other than by screaming at your TV in your living room. Do you know what? That's the footballing equivalent of if, if I'm watching a film and it's tra- it's moving too slowly for me, what I tend to do is to go to IMDb and look at the plot and see, see whether it's, it's worthwhile carrying on. So if you know that something's going to happen to the protagonist, then it kind of like it hooks me in. So I think that's the footballing equi- equivalent of that. That's pretty innovative stuff. Good stuff. Why can't Tony see it? Why can only I see it? <laughs> Michael, what would you do then for halftime entertainment in the ground during lockdown? I think when we come out of lockdown, we've got an opportunity, not just in football, but in society, to build back better, to do something completely different, to go back to basics, to go to old-fashioned values before commercialism, before the Premier League, before all the razzmatazz, before the pumped-in music. So I would argue that halftime entertainment should be absolutely nothing. Zilch. <laughs> Do we not even get the uh, the scoreboard with the guy going round hanging the uh, hanging the scores on there? Yeah, I'll give you that one. That's yeah. a great idea. A B C D E F G. That's got to be worth a bonus stuff. point for allowing you to introduce that into my scenario. So, so, so my answer gets you a bonus point. It's, it's, it's <laughs> terrific. That's, that's the way I think it should work. Um, Stuart, football in empty stadiums. How would you entertain people at halftime? TikTok dancing and an online quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about TikTok dancing. I think this is this has evaded my generation. I have to say, seeing as it's uh, a radio show, um, I can't demonstrate it to you. But basically, it's um, we we can see you on the... video though, so I can describe <laughs> it to the to the listening public. And a clip well, might accidentally that. slip out on YouTube. I mean, that would be horrendous. Do you want the bonus points or not? I don't. Think, uh, do you want the site to stay up or not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bothered about YouTube going down. It, basically, you, it's somebody who looks like they've um, stepped off the set of Towie, um, doing a dance over some inane beepy boopy tune, and then looping it backwards and forwards a few times. I think that's that's it. That, that sounds that sounds excellent. <laughs> sounds a bit like Ducky's Instagram, then. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly that. It is. Okay, last in this round then. Cammy, how would you keep the empty grounds <laughs> entertained during lockdown? Well, judging by the size of some of our fans pre-lockdown, and I can imagine they've just got bigger while they've been on lockdown, the only answer to this will be sumo wrestling. So if we had sumo <laughs> wrestling, we could even get the crowd involved. So, you know, like in American football where they put a love heart, we could just have that and, and, and have sumo wrestling. So sumo wrestling for me. Fantastic stuff. I think that would, uh, the inflatable sumos, I think would be, I think I have seen that, if not live in the flesh, certainly uh, certainly on TV being used at halftime. It's an, it's an interesting statement. It used to be the Monday night football. They used That's to have sumo it. wrestling before the Monday night football. That's so, it. So what I'm disappointed is, is that none of you have said that we should have Blackburn schools having a, uh, having a penalty shootout competition at halftime, because that's a real throwback to the 70s. Well, they still do that now. Yeah, but or nobody similar, don't they? Yeah, nobody pays anybody attention these days. They used to do it in the real goals. Used to, you know, in when I were a lad, you know, they used to shoot into the Blackman end and stuff like that, and it was uh, it was a highlight of some schools' uh, schools' years, I think. Or crossbar challenge with some bloke in disco slippers and tight jeans, absolutely from the halfway line. Do you remember the surreal cheerleaders that we had one when Sky first started? That? We we had we had a, a local cheerleading school and there was about four hundred of them on the pitch. It was total chaos all the way around the pitch. Didn't Soccer AM pick on upon one of them that was a boy doing it. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Nails, and, yeah. And to be fair, he was by far the standout guy. I think the best thing we can hope for then is that um, football doesn't come back behind locked doors based on the uh, the suggested halftime entertainment. Right, let's have a look at the scores at the end of round three. Josh is on ten points. Cammy is on eight points, Michael is on ten points, and Stuart is on nine points. So it's all to play for. 
So welcome back once again to Rovers Fighting Talk. We have in the virtual studio Josh Boswell, Stuart Grimshaw, Cammy, and Michael Taylor, the Mark Leaf. We've got question number four now. And this is, well, we're almost certainly going to be watching behind closed doors on TV before we can return to grounds in person. So what I want to know is, what are your suggestions for making the experience watching at home most like being in the stadium? Michael, you can kick us off on this one, please. Well, obviously, I'll be sat watching it with Joe and Louis, my sons, who we go to all the matches with. So there'll be nothing nothing different there. Louis will be making shrewd observations about the game. But in order to make it 100% authentic, I'm going to get the bloke who lives next door to us, who doesn't know anything about football, to come in and sit behind us and speak... Um, over us at every opportunity, uh-huh. telling us that things none of the players are as good as they were in the sixties. Wearing a T-shirt with the bloke behind me on the front, perfect. Something like that. Very good indeed. Stuart, what would you do? Pee in the corner, spill <laughs> basil all over my carpet. Uh, replace all the seats with plastic ones. You know the ones you only bring out at Christmas when the relatives visit and you've run out of the good ones. I'd set off a flare when the kids come in the room, Can't and then uh, I'd, uh, I'd tell myself off to uh, a newspaper called Megaphone for doing that and then uh, invade the garden at full time. I was surprised Michael didn't suggest that. He has a previous track record for invading <laughs> patches form. of grass and then appearing on local Yorkshire news. Multiple times. Cammy, what would you do? It's for the Arsenal fans, this one. Go around your house, gather every single book you can find, get a bookshelf, put it behind you, put the books on the bookshelf <laughs> and you'll feel like you're in a library and... That's the Emirates Stadium for you. Marvellous and absolutely spot on. So the, the modern day equivalent of the the Hybrid mural is the, the Emirates um, library. And think, I think I saw somebody say that you could buy backdrops of interesting library shelves to use as virtual backgrounds on Zoom calls. I'm pretty sure that Amazon are doing that. So in much the, the same way that we've got virtual Ewood Parks behind us on this, again, perfect for the uh, for the audio experience. Um, but you can actually sort of put something up behind you that has um, a really intellectual bookcase <laughs> and make it look like uh, you're well-read and all that sort of good stuff. Hey, terrific. Josh, last in this round, what would you do to make the experience most like being in a stadium? I'm going to go with an extension of uh, Michael's answer. However, I'm going to feed it through my work studio. And so when the iFollow feed comes live to all of our fans all around the country that will be watching it, they will automatically, at random points, get the person behind them sending their Shelton down through their TV, through their speakers, talking absolute nonsense, shouting, get it forward, despite being 1-0 up in the 89th minute as Lewis Travis plays a nice back pass. <laughs> or stop messing about with it as Tosin spends more than one second on the ball. Fantastic stuff. I think technology would lend itself to that. So I suppose you, you could get a virtual stadium recreated and get everyone's logins. And as you sort of say, you could you could have the um, the effect of those people that are normally around you in the stadium piped in at home. That would just be awful. <laughs> but too I'm, more, I'm more than happy to shout when, when uh, a player goes down in a in a fairly harmless incident, to scream at the referee, get him off, referee, man, he's an animal! He could have killed him! <laughs> I think we've just got to hope that football comes back soon because uh, all these ideas are, uh, are wetting my appetite without putting too fine a point on it. Right, that was the end of round four. Let's check on the scores before we have a little break. Josh is on 12 points. Cammy is on 10 points. Michael is on 14 points. And Stuart is on 13 points. It's nip and tuck. There's still plenty to play for. And the scoring, of course, is entirely arbitrary. And I can see Mr Grimshaw has changed his virtual background to make it look like he's in the British National Library. Again, this that's works be, really well in the audio the point, format. Surely. <laughs> that's got to be worth a point. <laughs> very good, I have to say, very good. Okay, welcome back everyone. It's Rovers Fighting Talk. Yes, we're shamelessly copying the Radio 5 format. We're shamelessly ripping them off. And we hope that this podcast episode stays up long enough for you to listen to it before we are sued to within an inch of our lives by some really good copyright lawyers. 
It's now round five. This is the golden envelope round. Basically, if your answer matches that of mine in the virtual sealed envelope, you get 10 bonus points. But I am expecting that there there might be, um, shall we say, a second popular answer as well. So I'm going to put two answers in the golden envelope. One that's worth 10 points and one that's worth 5 points. So I will go around each of our panellists in turn. And the question for the golden envelope round is... Which single game from Rover's history would you replay if you had the chance? Now, this has been a forum thread on BRFCS, so it'll be interesting to see who's read that and who's taken it in for inspiration. I'm going to come to Stuart first of all. Rover's history, one match to replay. Which would it be and why? I want to take you back to a time before some of this panel was born, when... Football I noticed you left me short. out of that. <laughs> <laughs> there were sh- football, football shorts were tight, and Chris Waddle's mullet was still fresh in everybody's memory. I want to take you back to a time before Sky even invented football. It's January the 5th, 1991, and Plucky Blackburn from Division 2, which actually was the second division back then, by the way, took on the mighty Liverpool defending league champions, current league leaders, King Kenny at the helm. Those uppity clog-wearing, would-be mill workers had the sheer audacity to be leading 1-0 with less than a minute to go. Liverpool won a throw-in. Ray Houghton's cross ended up at Mark Atkins' feet. He put it into the back of his own net. I remember it And then we went on and we got mullered at... uh, at Anfield 3 now. I don't blame the ball girl like um, a lot of people did at the time. <clears throat> Jamil. But I'd go back and I'd replay that game. But before replaying the game, I'd give all the ball boys and ball girls a lesson in modern day shithousery so that they didn't get the ball back so quick they'd drop it or try and uh, Megs the player as he came to take the throw in. Spray it with like WD forty or something. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's the game I'd replay in. Awesome, that's a great answer. That's a terrific answer. Will it be in the golden envelope? We shall just have to wait and see. Cami, if you could replay one game from Rovers history, what would it be? Oh, it'd have to be May nineteen eighty nine. I think Crystal Palace playoffs second leg heartbreak. So I would. Love to replay that game and obviously change that result. Would you have anybody in particular refereeing it, Cammy? Not. What's he What's he called? George Courtney. Oh, yeah, that's it. Um, I'd have Uriah Rennie. <laughs> Another classic referee from the past. An excellent answer, yeah. Cammy. Is it in the Golden I'd have, Envelope? I'd have Tony Leake, Rovers fan refereeing it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'll nominate Cammy to referee that one, please. Anyone except George Bloody Courtney. God, what a day that was. I'll never forget that day. I was actually at a wedding, and uh, the speeches were about to start, and I snuck out at about 10 to 5 to, and went to the car to put the radio on, and when I heard the score, I was almost in tears, and people thought I was emotionally overcome because of the wedding. Mm. <laughs> and then, that it was it had just touched a nerve in me and I was sort of just oh this is just all just too amazing. No, it wasn't. It was George Courtney, it was Crystal Palace ruining our dreams. Shame on them, shame on them indeed. Josh, which match would you replay from Rovers history? So at this stage I'm playing for the points in this game. So I've thought actually what would Ian go for? Now I've done some fag packet maths here and I think you were about twenty four at this point, and that is the seventh of May nineteen sixty. And this is the FA Cup final, Rovers versus Wolves. Um, now, my granddad always used to tell this story of uh, how instead of um, instead of tickets, people that had gone to games getting the tickets, they did a raffle of all Blackburn's postcards, um, and you got a ticket based on your postcode. And he didn't get one despite going to all the games, and his neighbour, who's a scouser, got one, and his neighbour went and watched us lose. So I'm going to replay that game. Um, I'm going to get my granddad a ticket. Uh, and we're going to have a, a full 180 U-turn and Rovers are going to win that 3-0 and you'd have been delighted at age 24 in. <laughs> Cheeky bugger. You think you're getting bonus points for that answer? That's outrageous. I don't know whether you know this, but you know Dave Whelan broke his leg in that cup final. 
It did. I am aware. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. It's a, one of those little-known football trivia facts. I just thought I'd drop that in there. It, so, last but by no means least, in the golden envelope round, has anybody landed on one of the two answers I put in the golden envelope? Michael, which game would you replay? Well, this is a massively important game in Rovers history, but it's actually different from one ones that all the others have given so far because Excellent. actually it doesn't involve Rovers. Okay. It actually involves... It's the 2nd of May, 1980, and it's Preston North End who desperately need to win to stay up against Swansea City. Blackburn Rovers, meanwhile, are at the other end of the country. They're at Eastville Stadium in Bristol. Kevin Stonehouse slotting one in of Howard Kendall's fantastic team in order to secure that place in the top three to get promoted to the first division. But no, Preston North End, in their wisdom, decide to completely capitulate. Uh, an appalling, appalling act of Lancashire lack of solidarity, so typical of unproud Preston. And I'd replay that game again. <laughs> I'd poison John Toshak's drink. I'd tie Alan Curtis's shoelaces together. But whatever would happen, Rovers would emerge, the winners on the day, and Preston would still go down. Fantastic. Right, I'm going to reveal uh, the golden envelope. But none of you are getting the 10 points but one of you is getting five points for being so very, very close to the ten-point answer. But as the golden envelope is very clearly, which Rovers match would you replay? I can't give Michael the ten points, but here are the two that I put in the golden envelope. A few days before the one that you suggested, Michael, if Blackburn Rovers had scored just one goal at Deepdale to collect the two points on offer... We needed just a win at Eastville on that Saturday to be promoted to Division 1. So that was my, yeah. if Rovers could yeah. replay one game, that would be the choice. And if any of you have been on brfcs.com and on that thread on the forum, you would have seen me putting that as the answer. So I was hoping that one of you at least might read our own bloody forum <laughs> and see that that's the game that I nominated. So as we clearly don't read our own forum. I can't give anybody 10 points, but I am going to give Michael 5 points for being so very, very close by at least naming the same week. I'm surprised that none of you went for Rovers versus Chelsea in the FA Cup fi- in the FA Cup semi-final at Old Trafford. Um, I, if I had to have picked a third choice, the Crystal Palace playoff would have been would have been the one. But my logic is that if we'd gone up in 1981, then Howard Kendall would have stayed, and we would have just gone on to glorious times, and we'd have been a Division One side for years long before uh, Jack Walker needed to pump his money in. Such such a manager was Howard Kendall. So there we go. That's our golden envelope round and uh, the bonus points. Five of them at least go to Michael Taylor. We're going to take a break now, then we'll be back with our final rounds and see who is the Rovers Fighting Talk champion. What's that? That, my friend, is the new iPhone in a retro Rovers 1995 Premier League winning phone case. I need one. I can go on better than that. Not only can I tell you where to get one, but I can get you an exclusive discount. Get yourself over to theterrystore.com and enter BRFCS at checkout. An exclusive offer for BRFCS members and podcast listeners only. Holly? I'm sorry, I've got to go. Whatever your phone, make sure you represent your team. Visit theterrystore.com and enter BRFCS at the checkout. Okay, welcome back everyone to this uh, special edition of Rovers Fighting Talk. It might be the only edition ever of Rovers Fighting Talk. It depends how it goes down really and whether I get beaten up for uh, giving the the victory to the wrong person. We shall see. It's all to play for. Let's just recap the scores before we come back with uh, the next question. Uh, Currently Josh is on 12 points. Cammy's on 10 points. Michael got the bonus points in the golden envelope round. So he's streaking ahead now on 19 and Stuart is on 13 points. So uh, all to play for to get into the uh, Defend the Indefensible round. Rovers have tried to fill the void recently with their Rovers Legends polls on Twitter. I want to know from the panel, what was the worst miscarriage of justice in your view and which club legend was most maligned by the ridiculous votes of the very, very young, and yes, I am jealous of them, uh, people that replied on Twitter? Cammy, I'm going to come to you first then. Who's the Rovers legend that was most maligned? Come on. Morton over Duff, not having that. 
absolutely no chance. <laughs> and putting putting Graham against Friedel, come on. It was just, some of them were ridiculous. I'll, I'll, well, I'll wait till everyone's given their answers, but there were a couple of them in particular that sort of step out for me, and if you get one of those, you're going to get the full Hallelujah Chorus on this one. So, Josh, oh. which Rovers legend has been most maligned in the Rovers legend Twitter polls? Listen, I'm going to start this by saying that I love Two Guy, and he is, he is a real Rovers legend. However, Two Guy taking out Bob Crompton who has 540 appearances for the club in which he won the league, plus won as the FA Cup as a manager, a one-club man. And he took him, two guys took him out 81.2% to 18.8%. An absolute disgrace. An absolute travesty. I couldn't agree more. You definitely get the hallelujah chorus on that. Little-known fact, although it's not that little-known because I keep tweeting it, is uh, if you look on uh, Bob Crompton's Wikipedia entry, have a look at how the man died. He was not only a a legend as a player at the club at that time, but he became the manager. And he actually died of a heart attack watching Blackburn Rovers play Burnley. Can you be any more Mr Blackburn Rovers than that? So uh, high marks there for Josh in that round. You've got to follow that, Michael. I think you can be even more Blackburn Rovers than that. And I'm thinking, of course of the legend who was knocked out in the round of 16 by the group of death draw that put the legend that is Simon Garner up against Ronnie Clayton. I thought that was a travesty. I would have gone for Simon Garner every day of the week. Not only did he always score against Burnley in every single game he ever played for them, when he scored against Burnley for West Brom, he did so with a Rover shirt underneath his West Brom shirt and ran towards the long side and whipped up his shirt to show them just how much he hated them. So... That and the fact that he is the record goal scorer and he did all of those goals, every single one of them, with a fag in the corner of his mouth. That is the true stuff of myths and legends. Ladies and gentlemen, that's fighting talk. Simon Garner over an England international and club hero Ronnie Clayton, a man who has a stand named after him. Simon Garner, a man who probably has a bar named after him somewhere with lots and lots of pints of mild lined up. Yeah, yeah, um, I would have probably gone for Ronnie Clayton myself, so you're not going to get as many points as perhaps you thought on that one. But that's fighting talk, ladies and gentlemen. To end this round then, I'm going to go to Stuart, who was most maligned in the Rovers legend poll. If you got... Players like Benny McCarthy and Danny Graham, David Bentley, Chris Samba as potential legends, and you're missing out players like Terry Geno and Mike Newell and David Hamilton, then David Hamilton. surely the player that feels most aggrieved at not even being included in the poll in the first place has got to be Danny Murphy. <laughs> I can see what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy sacrificed the end of his, his career keeping the bench warm at Fulham for one last payday, one last hurrah, and the thought of thanks he get isn't even being included in the Legends Cup. It's a disgrace. I can see what Stuart's doing there. I'm going to give him three marks for being controversial and take two of them off for mentioning just the words. <laughs> <Danny Murphy. laughs> Absolute outrage. Absolute outrage. Uh, great answer, certainly a fighting talk answer. Uh, it won't win you the round, though, that's that's for sure. <laughs> so, just one more round to go before we get to the Defend the Indefensible. Let's just have a look at the scores on the doors, then, and see where we are. Josh, after that round, has gone on to 17 points. This is testing my mental arithmetic. Cammy's on 12. Michael is on 23 properly stretching his legs and showing his class as david coleman once so memorably said stuart terrific answer but you kind of you know mentioning danny murphy i I can only give you one point for that last round so you're on 14 Michael looks as though he's booked his place in the final, unless he does a, co- a terrific own goal on the last round, the AOB round. Uh, it's nip and tuck then thereafter, with Stuart on 14, Josh on 17, Cammy on 12. It's all to play for. So the final round before we get to defend the indefensible is the any other business round. This, panellists, is your chance to let off steam about anything that might be on your mind right now. It might be lockdown related, it might not. What is getting your goat? What is grinding your gears, Josh? 
now, obviously, lockdown is grinding everybody's gears, but it is for the greater good at this point. What is totally blown my mind at this point is that during the lockdown, when everyone is staring at their phones and their laptops all day, NASA have confirmed that there's UFO sightings and said, yes, these videos, they are real. <laughs> and not one person's gone, oh, there's, there's aliens. We've just totally... Oh, yeah, don't worry about them at this point. It, it's crazy, crazy behaviour. There's only me that's worked up by it. Don't you think that that's a deflection strategy from the uh, the President of the United States? Well, it's not worked very well because no one seems to give a damn. Well, maybe that's a measure of just how ridiculous some of the things are that are coming out of the... Uh, the Don's um, mouth right now, but that will take us down a road. This isn't political fighting talk, but uh, yes, splendid stuff. Aliens, terrific. Michael? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you, lads. I'm struggling with lockdown. I, um, I want to be out and about. I want to be going to the Rovers. I want to be planning my holidays. Um, so the whole thing's been um, a bit miserable, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Mm. I mean, you've, you've, this is the leader of the quiz that's had a full week with these questions, these early tip-off of the questions, and he's not got an answer. There's got to be points off for this. This, this, this is the man who quite clearly uh, has seen his laid as unassailable and has thought, I'm just not going to bother answering in this round. Knock off ten <laughs> points, I say. Yeah, I'll, 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 see, I'll see how many I give the rest of you and then I'll decide how many to knock off him to make it a tight finish, shall we? Definitely <laughs> playing a second string 11 in this final question there. <laughs> okay, Stuart, your AOB, please. Just before I get on to that, I've, I've, I mean, I've, as Ian's mentioned, I work in IT, so um, the lockdown's brilliant for me. I've, I've been training for isolation for the past 40-odd years of my life. We've mentioned it a few times. When football restarts, it probably is going to be uh, played down closed doors because there's some notion um, that just having football games played is more important than actually having anybody watch them. Um, you know, I'm well betired any any club goes out of business during lockdown, but the football clubs don't matter. For every bury that folds, you've got an Accrington Stanley in Middlesbrough or Leeds whose parent companies have gone bust, you know, more than once. Uh, its assets get sold and taken over by some of the off-the-shelf company and the, the, the club carries on. The football club isn't the thing that matters. The thing that does matter are the businesses that rely on match day. Pubs, news agents, the pie shops, chippies, even the pin badge seller who stands outside the ground, and car, even car park owners near football grounds, they're the people who are suffering the most at the moment. And playing football behind closed doors isn't going to help them one little bit. I think it's fantastic that footballers are taking a pay cut and trying to help out, but it shouldn't be the NHS that they're raising funds for. They've got their own army of centenarian circuit staggerers to pay their bill. <laughs> and don't even get me started on why we seem to think that the NHS is a charity now. If footballers cared that much, they'd pay the tax like all those nurses and carers instead of funneling their income through some kind of image rights tax avoidance scheme. No, if they want to help out, they should raise the money from their fellow footballers, not from members of the public, and they should donate it, donate it to the local pubs, the local programme sellers, the chip shop owners and the pie shops, the people who man the turnstiles, the people who've been laid off from the club shop, they're the people that deserve it. Okay, they're listeners, we're going to go for a coffee now while Stuart carries on this rant and then we'll come back <laughs> in about 20 minutes' time. <laughs> Sorry, Stuart, carry on. <laughs> I, I, I think Mr Grimshaw has, has just played himself into the final there and he, he was obviously <laughs> going to carry on until such point as we all gave in or Zoom cut us off again I was, I was going for the 40 minute Zoom call <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrific answer but I've heard enough <laughs> it's a great late charge though for that final spot it certainly is, it's almost like, I don't know some, some scores are going to end up being tied right, uh, last but by no means least in this round Cammy, let off your steam. Let off steam about anything that's on your mind right now. So yeah, lockdown's hard. Got five children to homeschool. I'm on isolation. Can't see my mum and dad. I've caught with all of that. But Piers bloody Morgan. He's everywhere. He's on social media. He's on television channels. He's even invaded my Facebook. But I thought I'd try an Indian 
news channel. I thought, surely he can't get onto that. But guess what? He was even on the Indian and Pakistani news channel. <laughs> Piers Bloody Morgan has... Oh, we should what? just have done a round of AOBs, I think, on Bounce. <laughs> Because that's absolutely astonishing. Really, really good stuff. So, um, I'm going to add up the scores now. It's just extraordinary. It really, really is that after seven fulsome rounds of fighting talk that we have, one person who's definitely in the final, which is Michael, on 23 points. And then in joint second, we have Josh on 19, Cammy on 19, and Stuart on 19. I mean, it's just incredible. You could not have predicted such a tight finish. And of course, what that means is it gives us the opportunity for everybody to do their Defend the Indefensible. So we're going to take a little break now and then we'll come back with the DTI rounds. So welcome back to the uh, the final round of the Blackburn Rovers fighting talk and an unprecedented move. It's quite uncanny how the scoring worked out then. Everybody's made the final, so everybody gets a chance to do their um, defend the indefensible. And we're going to start um, with Michael. So remember, folks, the nature of this round is I give you something to talk about and you have to defend the position, however unpalatable it might seem. And you've got 20 seconds from the moment that I stop reading it out. So, Michael, your notion is Rovers should commemorate the birth of the latest Boris baby by offering the Prime Minister a vice presidency at Rovers so that he can follow in the footsteps of Mrs Thatcher. And you've got 20 seconds on that, please, starting from now. I think that's an absolutely fantastic, inspired idea, Ian. I think Boris should follow in the footsteps of Mrs Thatcher as a true, someone very much in the spirit of modern football, morally degenerate. He leaves his wife of 25 years to cope with cancer all on her own, gets the office girl up the duff to have a baby. That's just absolutely in the keeping of modern football. And next thing you know, it'll be and on that's the time. Get Excellent. That's a very good answer. Well done. Well done. So the benchmark has been set there, folks. And next up is Josh. So Josh, your challenge is all fan sites that aren't official club channels really should be banned as they do nothing but drag a club's reputation down. So you've got 20 seconds to defend the indefensible starting from now. couldn't agree anymore, quite frankly. I mean, how is the club meant to put out a message that... Um that they that they want the fans to believe you wouldn't have Donald Trump giving out messages through the media, would you? It needs to all come through one source, straight through the Lancashire Eden Telegraph. Please take out as they once infamously left in. And that's your time, and that's an excellent answer. Yes, yes, the paragraph sort of saying, don't include this, but they did, and the game was given away. Was that in Paul Senior time? It was Paul Senior. Yeah, Please take out in big, yeah. bold letters in the middle of an article. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. Next up is Stuart. So, Stuart, your Defend the Indefensible is, if Burnley could benefit from a sugar daddy to fund their Premier League aspirations, I can think of nobody better than Elon Musk. And you have 20 seconds from now. Well, I'm disappointed, Ian. This is supposed to be the Defend the Indefensible round, whereas you've given me something here that's completely feasible. I mean, he's always looking for those little niche markets, isn't he? Something that's waiting to be exploited that everybody else is doing wrong. And obviously, being a football oligarch uh, up the M65 in Burnley... And that's your time, I'm afraid. (laughs) I've got a funny feeling you could have done about 10 minutes on that. (laughs) I'd love ah, to see so hard. Elon Musk in charge of Burnley. I think that would be uh, that would be awesome. Just imagine. Some well, of... judging by some of his tweets over the past couple of days, um, it wouldn't be the craziest thing he's done recently. No, no, absolutely not. And so, last in the defending defensible round is Cami. The football league is dead. There's no way it can survive this financial crisis. I think Rovers, Preston and Accrington Stanley should wake up and smell the coffee and incentivise their fans to watch Burnley in the Premier League instead. And you've got 20 seconds on that from now. Absolutely. You can go from one shit heap of East Anglia to the biggest shit heap 
in East Lancashire and Burnley. So we should all go there, support our fellow East Lancashire club and watch them march to the top of the Premier League. Absolutely, 100% agree with that. Marvellous. Thank you, Kemi. So thanks, Josh. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Kami. Thanks, Michael. I think that's been an absolutely terrific contest. I've thought about it long and hard, i.e. I've just tossed a coin, basically. And the winner of the inaugural BRFCS Fighting Talk is... Michael Taylor. Congratulations, Michael. all the way through there. I think, Michael, well done. Strong performance, I have to say. The Defend the Indefensible rounds were really good, but the AOBs, they were absolutely terrific. The three of you there really decided to to claw back the lead, and I'm so pleased that you all managed to get a chance to do the DTI. So that's our Rovers fighting talk, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed it. I don't know whether we'll do another one or not. It depends whether or not you like it and what sort of feedback we get and whether I can persuade these guys to come on and do it again or whether anybody out there fancies giving it a go. That was Rovers Fighting Talk. I'm Ian Herbert. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Now, I hope that it's recorded. Fessed up to you guys about recording half an hour with Scott Sumner and then realising that I haven't switched system audio on. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that was such a shit answer, honestly. I... <laughs> <laughs>